0: Hey everybody. this is going to be another interview episode. This time it's with my buddy Colin Clority, aka The Claw. Talk about a pretty hectic path out of college being a transplant. This goes into you know his time working and living on a Native American reservation in South Dakota to now his, his new odd jobs in the state of Colorado. He's a pretty interesting guy and I think you'll really enjoy this interview. And as always, uh, you know if you enjoy it, subscribe on uh, on Spotify. Follow me on Instagram, and uh, just support the pod any way you can. I really appreciate it, and enjoy. Yeah, can you, well, yeah, talk into it, like, see how I'm, like, right here? And this is a pretty solid octave. Yeah. So just the thing is, like, when I make you laugh, which I will do. (laughs) Yeah, see, you don't want to do it too loud into the microphone. (laughs) What's up, Claw? How you doing? Colin Clardy, this is another episode of Transplants. Cullen is a good friend of mine, back from our days of BC High and St. Anselm College. Actually, no, you know what? Cut that out. This is going to be cut out. We, we went to high school and college together. No <laughs> names. But, uh, yeah, good to have you on the podcast. Cullen, this is about, obviously, transplants moving out from one place to another. After school, you went and lived on an Indian, sorry, Native American reservation. And do you wanna tell me a little bit about that experience?
1: Yeah, um, so sophomore year of college, I did a service trip out to Remember, which was an organization on Pine Ridge, South Dakota. Uh, that summer going into junior year, I spent eight weeks out there as a construction manager and then did some you know, offsite work for them throughout the school year. Uh, and then after graduation, spent or sorry after junior year spent the rest of the summer out there uh and then senior year took that over with Corey true um who you also used to work at saint a's so yeah i mean no names no names (laughs) i'm
0: kidding you can use some names all right well fuck fuck him whatever yeah we'll, we'll work on it
1: um But yeah, so I mean the organization essentially was through March and October, we would have anywhere between 10 to 70 volunteers. Um, It was my job primarily as the operations manager was I would keep track of the construction. Um, Most people on the res live in trailers. So we would go out, skirt trailers, which essentially is, you know, making sure it doesn't collapse in the winter. The weather doesn't ruin it he would
0: skirt trailers now the
1: people that you were helping
0: from my own experience it seems like you're you're in the middle of this community that's very torn between what it wants to be there's part of it like on the reservation of uh people that were forced to live there the native americans and then there are the stingy white people who just don't want to see anyone besides them get ahead how did you kind of walk the line in that divide
1: yeah, I mean, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. So, I mean, the native population, uh, their roots are really strong to their culture, um, which is really cool to see. But, yeah, I mean, I would say some of the people out there, uh, a lot of the ranchers in South Dakota and Nebraska, uh, they are not a fan of the natives. So, I mean. What was their biggest complaint? I think it's just kind of, you know, more of some primordial racism. If primordial anything. racism. Define primordial, Colin. Uh, I would say it goes back some generations. They don't really have a particular reason.
0: No particular reason. Yeah, I like how you were able to define that. I will probably put you on the spot there. Yeah,
1: I looked it up before.
0: Colin, you're such a good uh, edge uh, word imacationer, and mm-hmm. I want to say. So what? Can you any experience? Any negative experiences with some of these ranchers that you that you encountered?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it was uh, Nebraska was more of the issue for me because we lived right on the border of Nebraska. Um, yeah, you know, just going down to gas stations, we had our logo on the side of trucks, so just getting some comments thrown at me. But you know,
0: so they knew they knew the. What you guys were doing. Yeah,
1: so they knew the organization, they knew the logo, um, and everything like that. So, you know, just getting comments thrown at you, but you shake it off. Um, because, I mean, there were good people down there um, that weren't native. So, I mean, for me, it was more or less trying to walk the line with keeping that professional relationship with people in the res while also trying to, you know, build the community aspect.
0: How do I help these kids? Essentially, yeah. How do I help these kids? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, what I usually like to ask. Uh, the guess is, in a, in a place such as that, where do you... I mean, you were obviously thrown into a community, and you were building a community literally mm-hmm. with your hands, but what were some of the things that you might have done on the side to establish trust with the people you were working with, or maybe the people you were working for?
1: Yeah, so that's a good question. I think um, most of our staff was non-native um, that were full-time staff, so we had some... You mean they were way yes yeah essentially Uh, a lot of college students in the summer and we had some full-time staff throughout the year um so you know i think during off hour i mean we never really had we didn't have official hours so you know at nighttime, try to just like have the staff over to my apartment you know watch something
0: do what did the staff like to watch um bachelor
1: was popular jesus um i can't say i've really got into that but rock band when i brought that out after graduation that was a big hit
0: Where you sent, what position were you on rock band?
1: Uh, Guitar always. Guitar always. Yeah. Yeah. You got the face for guitar. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, just, you know, the lead singer. No, not my style. No. Not my speed. But yeah, I mean, I think with the Native community, a lot of it was we worked with, uh, we had a lot of Native staff members that weren't, uh, they would work during the day, but obviously go home at night. Um, You know, just having them over for dinner on the weekends um, you know, outside of work, maybe we take them to, you know, south of the border to Nebraska for dinner. Cause that was, we were pretty much an hour away from anywhere uh, that you could really get a meal or go to a grocery store. So, yeah, I mean, just little things like that, I think go a long way. Like, you know, making the guys coffee in the morning before they came in. Um, I think that, you know, goes a lot further than doing something big once a month.
0: Right. And I mean, what's funny to me, man, is, you know, this podcast is mostly geared towards people who have a job, but they're experiencing their new transplant life outside of that, mm-hmm. right? With you, your work and your life is completely intertwined. Right. There, most of the time, there is no, yep. there's no really breakup of that. Did you find that kind of maddening?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, we would have Saturday morning to Saturday night off. Um, my position, you know, I could sometimes get away with maybe two days off a week. Kind of, I think. So in the winter time, it was just me uh, and the director out there, maybe a couple of their staff members. We would chop wood, and the thing that was pretty brutal is it started to get dark at like two thirty. Oh Jesus! So yeah, I mean, there was definitely times Alaska vibes. Yeah, pretty much essentially. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was definitely tough to find that balance for a while. And I definitely didn't do a great job with it. Um, I think I self sabotaged a little bit on that end where describe that. What do you mean? uh, I think I just, you know, I wasn't giving myself the freedom initially to take a break. Um, You know, I would work super late and you're
0: committed to the mission. I appreciate
1: that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I think I did it to a fault where I was like, I could definitely do this tomorrow, but why don't I do it tonight and stay up late? And then, you know, continue to be stressed out um (laughs) but yeah i think the winter time was essentially um or especially hard excuse me just because you're very isolated um and it's very monotonous so yeah i mean i think you know i butted heads with some colleagues i think we all did it's just kind of the nature of that work and being around the same two or three people but you know talking to them now after i'm removed from it i think you know we've mended those relationships because i think once you can like I look back on it now and I'm like I can't believe I ever worked that schedule and didn't bat an eye at it and I mean there's still people there doing it every day so right
0: absolutely do you think that I mean for most people that would move out and do kind of like a different transplant thing what drove what drew you back each during the during the summer your junior year and then after college for an entire year
1: yeah, I mean, I think it was just I had done a ton of service work in college in like during the school year.
0: Do you think you're better than me? Is what I'm asking.
1: I mean, that's a dumb question. Of course. So can I keep going? You can interrupt me again? All right. Um, so I think you know there was a lot of service trips that I did. That were this great. is my podcast. I don't care. And you know I'm what? I
0: will not have you slander me like that. I'm a guest. Continue.
1: Sorry, everyone. As I was saying, everyone only I address the crowd. Yeah, the uh, listeners. Breaking down the f- third wall, fourth wall. You're breaking down the sixth wall. you uh, six, You're breaking down my wall of emotions. Yeah, is what you're doing, I might. and I don't appreciate I'm it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna flip the switch. I'm gonna be interviewing you by the end of this. Please don't. So, all right. As I was saying, everyone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I had done a lot of service work in college, and there was just something different. And I still can't really explain it. I think. Just how immersed you were in the work was the big difference, Um, especially a lot of service trips you go on, it's catered towards, oh, like this is a great experience, kind of a pat on the back for you. Um, And Mm -hmm. I know the service trip coordinators at school, they were very uh, aware of that, and we tried to kind of work that out of the program. Where we didn't want people to go on like voluntourism trips and be like, oh, look at these cool pictures. So there was
0: a there was a very uh, was there a big no Instagram policy?
1: Uh, on the res, yeah, it's very strict. Really? Yeah. So what the, do you mean you weren't allowed to take pictures? Yeah. So the rumor initially was is that like there was some old native thing where if you took a photo of someone, it would take their soul, <laughs> and. I mean, I mean it, I'm laughing, but I mean, that could very well be true. You no, know, I think it's just like, I mean, it's just like with anything, you're not going to walk up to someone on the street and just take a photo and walk away. It's just kind of a normal, I mean, you might, but most I probably people, would. yeah, exactly. Um, but I think it's just more or less of respect. Did you ever have someone put a curse on you? Uh, not that I know of, but I mean, that remains to be seen.
0: Would you know if you had been cursed?
1: Again, I don't know. I mean, they could have done it after I left. I don't know how those work.
0: Yeah, you know, like one day I just started bleeding uh, blackness, and uh, yeah, my blood was was red. And, I don't know. I stubbed
1: stub my toe a lot, so I don't know if. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, that that'd be a good curse to put on someone. You just that aggressively would be a good stub curse. your toe.
0: I was thinking of that, dude. Like a good, like oh man, guy curses. Like, what would be like a hell thing that like? What, what do you think would be like a biggest? pet pee that you'd have to live with like if you could curse somebody with one thing that they had to do each day that was like marginally like just shitty what would it be
1: either you're you know sports are buffering or having to listen to this podcast
0: <laughs> this is my friend this is my so-called friend Colin clority
1: um i'm not a comedian so what's I needed, your social security number uh it's oh three four <laughs> six four two oh two eight one okay anyway write that down write that
0: down I I man I was I did have a fucking joke about this We're, we can edit this out um, <laughs> that is interesting did you find did you immerse yourself in any of the traditional tribal customs or was that kind of uh, not allowed for whitey
1: no I I, that was the biggest regret that I have is that I didn't do that enough. And I think that goes back to I kind of burnt the candle on both ends where I think if I took part of those So, like, the big thing out there is it's called a sweat lodge. Where nice. It's essentially. Steam room. Yeah, essentially. And they do a lot of traditional Lakota mm-hmm. prayers and hymns. And, you like, you share some more personal things. I never took part of it, and I think that's my you biggest. You share thing. bodily fluids. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, you just sweating all over the person next to you.
0: I like low key saw you for some reason. I had this picture in my head of you like marrying like a Lakota woman, and then just being like, "This is our son, Many Moons." And I'm yeah, like, "Oh, name. cool, dude!" Like, yeah, you come back to the to the ten year reunion. Yeah, you're just wearing a lot of turquoise.
1: Hey, nothing wrong with good turquoise. I Lo- love
0: turquoise. It's a great. Yeah. It's a great look.
1: But uh, yeah I mean I think I wish I took part in that more the, the one thing we did do a lot of was the powwows
0: the powwows yeah describe a powwow for me
1: so they uh, the natives will dress up in like traditional uh, Lakota um, garb essentially um, so they make their own outfits um, a lot of traditional so drumming and singing is a huge part of Native American culture so they'll have, Dance competitions essentially. Uh, they'll have their own. Kind of like Wild and Out. Yeah, it, yeah, that's it's actually the same exact thing. I think Wild or Out was based off of that.
0: <laughs> Nick Cannon actually led one of the Powwows. Nick was
1: at, yeah, he was at one of them. Uh, it was really cool.
0: <laughs> Nick Cannon is actually a hundred percent Native American. Yeah, most people don't know that. <laughs> most
1: people don't yeah. know that he's from South Dakota. <laughs> yeah, but uh yeah, I mean, I think that was kind of that was the one thing that we took uh, part in in the summer pretty much every week. Um, wow, that's pretty. So that cool. was cool um but yeah i mean some of them they're so the big one that was in pine ridge it's like three or four days Um, oh shit so yeah there's stuff going on all four days so on those weekends you know we'd go down and pretty much just spent every day so that was um it was cool to kind of meet everyone and kind of see how they do things
0: so you were definitely uh you definitely relied on walmart
1: yeah so can you
0: tell me a good walmart story
1: good walmart story i mean some of the stuff you can find in like south dakota walmarts are excellent a uh, lot of like borderline racist t-shirts um but i mean the walmarts in south dakota like if you're from the east coast like i know we are the, walmarts like that don't exist like it's a shopping mall in there it is a I, mall th- there was one that had a roller coaster it was pretty crazy. get the fuck out yeah like a full-blown no i'm kidding it's a walmart
0: this is a comedy podcast <laughs> cullen's picking up on that I'm not a comedian, but you know
1: over here being funny.
0: Well, I'm gonna make sure he doesn't become one What what made you want to what made you want to leave that service lifestyle? You've done it for a year and a half I know that you quit afterwards Um, Like a I mean some have called you a coward. I haven't but I've just heard many many have many have yeah It's been all over Twitter. Yeah, and so what what made you want to go? What made you want to quit?
1: um it was a tough decision because i was planning on doing uh until october so the end of the second volunteer season um when covid hit I then kind of just like everyone else you know initially we thought it was going to be like ebola where we'd be scared for like a week and then everything would go back to normal and we had our first trip that week out there and then we sent them home And then obviously things kind of kicked off from there what was that probably the first week of march Mm -hmm. yeah um so yeah i mean we did two months of not much trying to figure out what was the safe thing to do um along with like what can we do because we weren't going to be able to work on people's homes for a while especially not go in and meet them Mm -hmm. um so I think after two months my replacement was already there and he had been trained enough where I think everyone felt comfortable with him taking over. Um, and especially since we weren't going to have volunteers, there wasn't, he wasn't going to be rushed into it. Um, and Corey was out in Colorado. And I think at that, my girlfriend, Corey, not Corey true. Um, and I think at that point I was just
0: shout out Colin's girlfriend, Corey.
1: Hey, <laughs> um, <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I think at that point I was ready for a change. I think, you know, it was best for both parties. So, you know, me and the leadership talked about it and just kind of decided it was probably best. And, I mean, at that point um, I was already planning on moving to Colorado. Um, The timeline just got pushed up. So I moved officially because of the lockdown that was going to go in place on Mm -hmm. the rest for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was tough leaving.
0: Did you know a lot of people in your program or in the organization you're working for that had moved from somewhere else and they were lifers in that service lifestyle?
1: So I would, our old director was there for a long time. The thing with the job that we did is that it's very taxing because there was no hours. Like you would work until the volunteers were asleep. And then even then there was always something you could find to do. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think some people can do a lot of years, but I think most people it's a year to three years is the typical for someone that's Mm full-time post-grad. I think we got a lot of college students that would come out between four to eight weeks and kind of get a feel for that. Right. But there was only a handful of us that would go out there full-time.
0: makes sense. What would you say to somebody who might be in a place right now Like staying at home or in college and they're thinking about taking that jump and doing the service lifestyle or or going into the service. uh, I'm saying like service. I'm trying not to say service industry, like restaurants, but... (laughs) (laughs) Non-profit. Yeah, like into the non-profit service um, job sort of role.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it really changed my perspective on things and kind of made me to who I am now. I think it matures you a lot. um, And also allows you to see different sides of people. And I think for me now that I'm in the corporate world, it's good to have the nonprofit background because I realize kind of the levity of situations that happen at nonprofits. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know I had a lot of people reach out to me that were a couple of years below us in school asking about like, Oh, should I do nonprofits? Should I do a year of service or should I take a job? Um, and I always tell people like if you're unsure of what you're going to do and you don't have like a great job offer, why not? Like it, you know, teaches you how to budget a little bit because you're not making much, if anything. But I think it teaches you just, you know, to be better, a better person. Um, and, so you, yeah.
0: and you were a pretty bad person.
1: Terrible. The, yeah. And
0: Our, Colin, let's have this on record Colin was a big old dirtbag before he went into this program. And we're glad now that he's reformed. He's, uh, he used to eat out of the trash can, he was kind of one of those guys. Occasionally. occasionally yeah all right sure now you're in colorado good to have you here in my home but as well as colorado
1: yeah thanks for welcoming me, me and to colin state. Yeah,
0: yeah me and colin went to high school together we went to college together we're both like we both commuted into high school and i i don't really like talk about that that much but i feel like how wild like i think about that a lot where i'm just like dude we would like we would sit next to grown ass adults on the train who are working to pay off their mortgage, like keep their marriage together. And we have to sit next to them and be like, who are you going get- take? can be formal.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like just throwing Skittles around. Throwing Skittles at each other. I think we got in trouble for that actually at yeah. one point. There was like, we had a school assembly because we got in like, we would throw Skittles at each other at the end of the day.
0: We went to a high school that had like two separate uh, sex scandals. Uh, yeah. While we were there, and uh, the movie,
1: <laughs> the movie Spotlight came out while we were there. Yeah, it was a that was a fun time at the school. That was a
0: fun time. They I swept
1: that under the rug quite well.
0: Dude, did they though? Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, I don't think they. Did. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I still think about that shit, man. Like the perverted stuff. I mean, like I I I try and refrain from talking about it on the pod, but we also have a a fellow uh i also have a fellow mensch here who went to the school it was a jewish day school uh, as you can tell me and cullen are uh, of the same ilk hebrews yes kidding it's going off the rails a little bit when you got out of the surface job what was the biggest barrier to you when like now you're like i'm back in the real world i don't have a job and i'm already in a state that i don't i'm not familiar with
1: um i think you know it was i didn't know anyone and i think at that time it was the height of covid so you knew me yeah we hung out like twice i think um yeah we could have hung out more i'm just saying yeah it was it was okay um so yeah why do i have
0: bad friends like why are you such a bad friend to me
1: i mean i'm i think i'm the only kid from massachusetts that you know from out here so i think it's just You're like actually a bad friend to me and I I just want that to be on record. That's okay. Okay. I'm accepting of that. Um, As I was saying, again, sorry, everyone. Um, (laughs) Sorry, everyone. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think it was, I didn't know anyone. um, And, you know, I got like a construction job for a few months and I got laid off from that. So I think, I want to say it was like September to November was tough because I was unemployed. I had nothing to do. Um, I think the, the thing that I actually kind of like, I really started to enjoy Colorado is when I started playing hockey again, I joined two or three different leagues, um, met some guys my age, um, that I can like hang out with. And, and that
0: was, that was your community. You found like a sense yeah, of community. Again. And
1: I know that you had talked about that on previous podcasts. I think that was really what made me, uh, start enjoying Colorado. I think in the summer, you know, obviously living in Colorado, you have to hike.
0: It's well, you're great. also, this is, this is. You also came out here. You have, you're living with a girl, with your girlfriend, right? So you obviously like, she's your best friend, like Mm -hmm. you're hanging out. Mm -hmm. And so like, was, but was that, did, was there any tension? Were there any things that you, both of you had to deal with being in a new state that might have thrown a wrench into the engine or like thrown a wrench into, into your relationship?
1: Um, I mean, I think the good thing was that she was out here for almost a full year prior to that. Okay. So she moved out here right after graduation. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think when we moved to a different apartment, that was not fun because I was gone three days a week for work, and you know, coming home on the weekends trying. By the to- way,
0: you didn't work construction; you worked in a prison.
1: That is true. Yeah, I.
0: Why would you just? Why wouldn't you just say that?
1: I didn't want to, I didn't think I was gonna to have to explain this whole thing.
0: It's a podcast. So we're going deep, dude. Right. I'm like fucking Larry so, King, bro. So um, R.I.P. in peace. Yeah. See you when
1: I see you, Larry. Yeah. Those, <laughs> those, those suspenders. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, so I got hired to do fire alarm and like industrial security systems in a prison, which I had never done anything electrical, and I was immediately thrust into putting like security systems in a prison um so yeah i mean i'm sure they're wrong Um, (laughs) i'm sure people got out i got laid off before they tested it so i'm sure there was a lot of mistakes that happened (laughs) um but yeah so we basically were working in kansas we were two miles from the border um and lived in an O'Connell lodge monday to thursday Bro, it was a joy. What did
0: what were your co-workers were you and your co-workers like did you guys hang? What was the deal?
1: Uh, we'd get dinner like twice a week if the boss paid for it. Other than that like what I, was dinner? Uh, there okay So there was like a five-star restaurant in the middle of this town No, there isn't I'm not kidding you it was possibly some of the best food I've ever had
0: what shout it out right now for the pod uh,
1: I think it's called the kitchen sink
0: The Kitchen Sink.
1: All right, look it up if you're ever in the middle of buttfuck Kansas. Uh, I don't even know where it was. Yeah, if you're you're on the Kansas-Colorado border, make sure you stop by the Kitchen Sink.
0: But, so, yeah, you went to a five-star restaurant.
1: I, I mean, it's not, like, Michelin star rated, but, like, it was incredible food. And then the rest of the town was, like, Hardee's and McDonald's. So, and it was also two streets, and then there was just a massive prison. So, it made no sense. So, I mean... I uh, I got into Minecraft. You got into mine. <laughs> <laughs> I got into Minecraft uh, on my computer.
0: What did you mine? Or what did you...
1: <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> uh, so my cousin from back home was big into it. And like on the weekends, I if I was going to like play NHL or something on my PlayStation, I'd hop on with him. He convinced me to do Minecraft, but I have no idea how to do anything on a computer, Uh, and also I don't know—I still don't really know what the objective is. So I just kind of went around and got like blocks thrown on me by (laughs) zombies, and that was it. So that's essentially what I did. I'd work out in the prison gym.
0: No, you wouldn't.
1: Yeah. So the were they were
0: were the prisoners also in there? So the
1: prison was empty. So they were trying to reopen it. It's a private prison. I know you're probably hot and bothered by that. I am hot and bothered. Um, Shout
0: out Joe Biden ending private prisons.
1: So, Oh, I forgot about Executive that. Executive order. So, Yeah, I would work out in this old, like, dilapidated prison and then would run on the old concrete track outside. Get out. They had a concrete track? Yeah, it was terrible. Like, I for sure have, like, stress fractures from running on that. <gasps> yeah, and then I'd go home. I would eat, like a hungry man meal or a salad maybe have a beer play minecraft and go to bed at like nine thirty because we started work at six dude so it you was to talk about
0: some people hey you want to talk about your first job out of college you don't like think about going into a serve into nonprofit service then going into work at a goddamn pro <laughs> work at a prison
1: yeah no yeah it was uh yeah, that's a wake-up call.
0: Despite being a bad friend, I will say you're absolute
1: nails. Yeah. Keep going. I, I like getting complimented. <laughs> I'm serious. I, well, I don't have any others.
0: You're pretty nails. Okay, thanks. You dress like an absolute, like, dingo, no, I don't though. dress like you. Yeah, because I'm eclectic, and I have a great sense of personality and style.
1: I mean, everyone listening to this knows that's an absolute lie. <laughs> You want to talk about your Spanish thrasher jacket? You want me to pull it out? No, I'll I'll walk off. This Should I
0: there. wear it tonight to the show?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely do that. I'm sure people would love that. Maybe you'll get signed.
0: I will get signed. Fuck you, dude. Probably not. So now you're actually working like a legit job. Do you kind of, do you think you're going to like end up missing those? Well, let me ask you this. I'm going to edit that out. Now, what have you taken with you now living? You know, you're past the prison, but you're past the... What do you take with you from that time on the reservation to now?
1: Um, I think a couple different things. I mean, I'm still involved a little bit with the organization and hope to be more in the future once, you know, things get back to normal, hopefully. Um, you know, I think for me, a lot of jobs I had growing up and everything was more or less of like blue collar, like a lot of construction jobs. Um, but I think the nonprofit kind of taught me people actually, you know, like they'll notice if you're working hard and if you're putting a hundred percent of yourself in, because there was certainly times at the nonprofit where I was just kind of burnt out and I wasn't. And I could tell that people noticed that. Um, and yeah, I mean, taking a job like the uh, electrical one, I mean, it, paid the bills um and it's not like i'm talking ill of it, it, it like for what it was it, it was what it was yeah it's sa- it saved me financially at that point just like a lot of people you know obviously didn't have a job at that point right um but yeah i mean i think it makes me takes thing makes me take things for granted less um i think now being able to work from home do a job i actually enjoy and like can see like a career in I think is nice, um, you know, I don't miss working with my hands and, like, walking around all day and getting dirty as much as I thought I would. He's yeah. um, nails, but he's not that dirty. But, yeah, I mean, I think, too, it's nice now that I, you know, you have more free time when you're not exhausted every right. day. and you've um,
0: decided to spend that free
1: time uh, running.
0: Colin, we're both from Massachusetts. Do you miss it?
1: i miss the people i would say like i miss my family and friends uh when i go back home it's nice to you know see the guys from college and high school family but i don't miss living there at all i mean you can't beat colorado you Um, really can't i mean especially where i'm at i'm 20 minutes from the mountains and i love to like run and hike so you can't beat that um so yeah i mean Boston is, I mean, I love growing up there, but I definitely don't miss it.
0: I find that there's a sort of dynamic where people who grow up in a certain place, like a Northeast, and they have a certain upbringing, then when they go to a different place, like a Colorado, maybe like a, a, an Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. or maybe like an, even an Atlanta or a Raleigh, North Carolina, they're like, they are primed and ready to succeed. Do you ever think that maybe that the opposite is true? Do you ever think that people maybe who grew up in, like, maybe North Carolina would then go to Boston and crush it?
1: I don't know. I just feel like it's so much calmer out here. Like, people aren't assholes yeah. all the time. Nobody's a dickhead, do you? Um, I mean, well, that's a, the funny thing is whenever I'm driving, I'm like, if you want to cut me off, I think people out here do it by accident. But yeah. Like, I can be terrible to you when i'm driving but like people from massachusetts are good at it
0: yeah that's so true i think people in massachusetts are like actually unbelievable drivers
1: yeah like we're just like vicious on the roads. there's all dude it's all offense but like someone out here cuts me off i don't one they might do it on purpose but like i can out asshole you on the road like i will beat you (laughs) i will beat you (laughs) um i just feel like the east coast in general like up and down is so fast paced, and there's just so much stuff that is always going on. Whether you're in high school or college, I just feel like we never had free time.
0: We never did. No. Um, well, we went to school like in the city, dude. It yeah, was... that's
1: true. I mean, you'd, it was funny. Like you'd kill, you'd lose three hours of commute. Like we'd have to bring our well, you were you know big varsity guy. Um, I'd have to carry big varsity. Guy. I'd have to carry my bag on the train every day. Like I, I carried my bag like on the a train. peasant. All right. a mile and a half to school. You know, build builds character. You want to talk about nails? Absolute nails. That's why the JV team shout out uh, a lot of tough guys on that team.
0: Like who? Eric Simonelli.
1: He's working for the Cowboys now. I mean, is he really? Look what JV hockey did for him. Kid
0: was a clown. (laughs) (laughs) I'm using my public forum just to smash people. I don't give a shit.
1: Yeah, Bob Flynn. Do not talk about my dad. Come at me, Mr. Flynn. See what <laughs> happens. I know you'll watch this. Probably not. You don't care. I asked if you
0: listened to the last one. I'm like, all right, well, just let me know when you do. Because I did talk. I talked about his new squat rack. Oh, God, that man. That man's an absolute legend.
1: Uh, but, yeah, to go back to your question, I mean, I think the pace of life out here is a lot nicer. I also think, too, it's just if you're in Colorado it's just kind of like, I think it's in like the contract you signed to get a license that like you have to hike and post about it. And like, like I post about it cause I'm a loser. Yes, you have to. Um, well, it's state law. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's part of the doctrine, but I think it's state just constitution. <laughs> yeah, it, it's in there. Um, but I think people out here are generally happier because, like, everyone does things outside constantly. Mm-hmm. And I think the weather allows that. We're back home. It's miserable for months.
0: Well, I mean, I haven't found this. I haven't been to, like, Raleigh or any many other, like, transplant cities. But I find that here, especially, people are doing their own thing to the max. Yeah. Whereas they, yeah. there aren't really very much set friend groups, set cliques. Oh, I'm in finance. Oh, I'm in X, Y, Z. Yeah, it's like I do whatever the hell I want. You can either come with me or not. That's why I have such a hard time meeting women, women man. Because like they're I'm just sure that's the issue. It's I, not. That's what I'm chalking it up to. Anyways, not the height. All right, this has been transplants. Uh, Colin Clority, great having you. I uh, really appreciate you coming on the podcast. You're not any other? You're any? Not o- me off like I am that. cutting you off. That's it. You, you not. you've lost privileges. Nope. You get, you get one more thing to say. What do you want to say to anyone who's thinking about moving out of their home state slash
1: city, making a go of it? Do it. I mean, you can always go back home like I might have to the end of this year for work. But, I mean, especially when you're out of college, you're not going to be making a ton of money unless you get super lucky with the job. Um, I mean, I think anywhere's cheaper than Boston at this point too. So yeah, I mean, do it. I don't think I have any regrets for working on the nonprofit working at the nonprofit, moving to Colorado. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll stay here Maybe we'll come back here in the future if we leave. But I mean, for me, I think it's been a really transformative experience. And I think, you know, whether I move back home or not, um, I think I've learned a lot and I mean, why not go explore a different part of the world, different part of the country while you can? Because when you're in your 20s, like I said, you're not making a lot of money. What's the point? Like, go have fun somewhere, go explore something, do things that you're not going to be able to five years from now. Exactly
0: so. right. Calling you are nails. I appreciate you speaking to me despite your, uh, you being a bad friend and insulting me on my podcast.
1: I appreciate that. I'll take that as a compliment.
0: All right, guys, that was Transplants. Thanks for listening, and always like and subscribe. And if you don't, um, I'm going to come to your house and kill you.